But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace on those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to begin with a very deep theological question this morning. Did you notice we moved the donuts? <laughs> I hope you made your way up the stairs, right? And see our new coffee bar up there, and that's where we're going to have the donuts from now on. So we know it's a little trek for you, but we know that you'll enjoy that time and that experience gathering up there in that new space. And, and doesn't it look beautiful? Um, there's a few more things that will happen over the next, over the next year, uh, but we'll get all of that completed, and we're so blessed. We're so blessed to have this um, opportunity to renovate the old and make it new. I asked my grandson this morning, uh, who's 13 tomorrow, um, I said, Ryder, what do you think of the new space? And he said, futuristic. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Well, how are you feeling, church? How are you feeling? Good, good. You know, tired, some tired, some good, some eh, you know. The Christmas season kind of brings all of those feelings to surface. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about these two Christmas stories that are found in the Gospels. One in the Gospel of Matthew and one in the Gospel of Luke. And we've been comparing these and, and lifting up the commonalities and lifting up the differences. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, we hear the perspective of who? We hear the perspective of Joseph, Joseph's perspective, and we hear his story, and, and Mary and baby J Jesus are kind of like in the background of the story, and the, we have not only Joseph and the angel, but we have King Herod in that story, and in the Gospel of Luke, we have whose perspective? Mary's. We have Mary's perspective, and we hear of the angel speaking to her, and we hear um, the birth story and the shepherds that was just read just a moment ago, the angels, all that. So we, over time, we have fused these two stories together, haven't we? We fused these two stories to make it our Christmas story. But when we do that, we lose a little bit of something. We lose the perspective. We lose some of the significance that we learn from each of the Gospels. But it is still a story that threads through some significant themes. First of all, we hear this story of light in both of the Gospels and how it threads through. Also, that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. And we learned last week that God keeps his promises. Amen? Can you say that? God keeps his promises. Oh, come on now, church. <laughs> say it. God keeps his promises. There we go. There we go. And so we have these, these themes that thread through, but we also have a theme of joy. 
that threads through both of these stories in different ways and different perspectives. But we have this, this joy that permeates through the stories of Christmas. Now, this last week uh, was our preschool Christmas pageants here. Uh, and I always experience those with great joy in my heart. And we heard an angel whose wings were bigger than her this last week proclaim that good news of great joy. And there's nothing like hearing that story come from the voice of a child. This announcement, this announcement of good news given to the shepherds who are gathered there in the fields and the glory of the Lord shone around the angels, this heavenly host of angels. You know, Matthew, Matthew does not give us that, those, that declaration from the angels. Uh, Matthew does not tell us of the shepherds in the fields or Mary pondering these things in her heart. We get that from Luke. And if we only had Matthew to go by, we'd have a very different Christmas story, wouldn't we? A very different lens or perspective into our Christmas story. Matthew, we have the potential of calling off a marriage, right? There are mysterious magi from the east who are following a star. And, and then Herod, in his fear, is trying to kill the new Messiah, the Messiah that is coming. And he does this by killing all of the children who are two years of age and younger. And so we have a very different perspective when we hear it through the lens of Matthew. But this story, in both ways, tends to beg for a question. Is this story a story of great joy, or is it a story of great hardship? Is it a story of great joy, or is it a story of great hardship? And I think the answer to that question is what we focus on. Our answer is dependent upon our focus. Focus is important, isn't it? Especially during this time of year. As a staff, we went around the other day just to try to breathe, right? You know, we're trying to make everything ready here for worship over the Advent season and especially for the celebration of Christmas Eve. And so we went around the staff and, and we were just breathing in the spirit. And I asked the staff to, to share a God moment that they'd had. You see, we have these God moments when we seek God. I was with a, another group that our bishop actually was with and and we were sharing there as well God moments. And um, as you know, many of you know, I just got back from Israel and had the opportunity of uh, stepping in the, the River Jordan. And what a wonderful God moment that was for me. But it was also a God moment for our bishop because of this. We had a, a woman who was 92 years of age on this pilgrimage to Israel, the Holy Land. And she took her walker all the way through Israel. She was walking through. And it came to the River Jordan, and she could, obviously could not get her walker into the water. And so the bishop is helping people remember their baptism by immersing them in that water. And I have a few, um, Laura, who just sang 
here just a moment ago could testify and tell you how cold that water was. Um, and so as he's helping people remember their baptism, he looks up, and here is this 92-year-old woman headed his way with two people helping her into the water. And he said, I have to confess, the first thing that I could think of was, oh, my gosh, she's going to die of pneumonia, and it's going to be my fault. <laughs> Then he said to her, are you sure you want to do this? And she said, Bishop, <laughs> you're not going to stop me. I've been feeling the spirit for the first time since I was 12 years old, and you are not going to stop me. You see, she was what? Focused. She was focused on this relationship with Christ. She was focused on feeling that spirit. She was focused in that renewal moment. And everything about her permeated joy. And that's what we're really talking about this morning. You see, just for a moment, you have to ask yourself, what have you been focused on over the last few weeks? What have you been focused on? Even people with great faith get distracted during this time of busyness, preparation, what culture has made of Christmas. We, we get pulled away, maybe even by our circumstances. Amen, church? The circumstances that we're in. See, I would also say that for those of us who seek Christ, when we pull back and we can truly focus, that's when we experience the joy. That's when we experience those God moments that turn us back and turn us around. I think that's what these two stories really help us understand. They help us to understand that joy comes from our focus in seeking Christ and not from our circumstances. Because if we read the stories, we hear the circumstances that swirl around them, right? But yet they still find this joy. We can focus on the good news of great joy that a Savior has been born to save us from our sin and that never changes, or we can focus on our circumstances that change continually. Amen, church? Our circumstances always change. And I also think that these two stories teach us something very important. Even in the darkness of fear, the light of joy still shines for those who seek Christ. Even in the darkness of fear, the light of joy will beam for those who seek Christ. The angels that we read about the first in the first chapter of Matthew and the first chapters of Luke, they share a message consistently, right? They say, do not fear, right? Do not be afraid. 
do not be afraid. Remember the angel that comes to, to Joseph in the Gospel of Matthew. He says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And then the angel that comes to Mary in the Gospel of Luke, he says, do not be afraid. You have been favored by God. We hear this, do not fear, do not be afraid. We hear that same message to the shepherds. Here they are out in the fields, and the first thing the angels say is, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of what? Great joy. I bring you good news of great joy. Now, the circumstances in each of these moments would cause fear, right? Mary's being told that she will carry a child, even though she's not married. She's never laying with a man. That would cause fear. Matthew is told. I mean, through the Gospel of Matthew, Joseph is told, right? That he is to take Mary as his wife, even though she's pregnant and the child is not his. These would cause fear. And the shepherds, I don't know about you, but if there was a heavenly host of angels that appeared to me with the glory of the Lord, I'd be a little scared. I'd be shaken in my boots. Each of these circumstances cause fear. But did you notice in each of the circumstances, they shift their focus. And when their focus shifts over to the real reason, to Christ, to the Messiah that's promised, anticipated, that they're waiting for, then that's when things shift for them as well. That's when they experience, truly experience the joy that is waiting for them. Over my sabbatical, I, I read a few books. I was on sabbatical in the summertime this year, and, and I read one book written by Parker Palmer. And the title of the book is Let Your Life Speak. And I am I appreciated his insight on this thing that we all have in our life. It's part of our hum humanity, and that's fear. And I appreciated what he had to say. He said, as one who is no stranger to fear, I have had to read those words with care so as not to twist them into a discouraging counsel of perfection. You hear that? We can't blame ourselves for experiencing a little bit of fear. That's our humanity. Be not afraid does not mean we cannot have fear. Everyone has fear. Instead, he says, the words say, we do not need to be the fear we have. We need not be the fear we have. We do not need to lead from a place of fear thereby in, engendering a world in which fear is multiplied. You see, fear does not have to be our focus even though we experience it. Because if we focus on that, then that will direct us. That will lead us. Instead, we have to shift our focus. We have to seek Christ. And as I hear the stories of Christ's birth, it's a reminder that because God came into the world fully human, fully divine, 
We can live with confidence and joy in the midst of uncertainty and brokenness. We can live because Jesus Christ came to us in joy and confidence, even though our circumstances may be showing us brokenness and uncertainty. That's really the essence in which the angels are proclaiming. They're proclaiming this good news of great joy, but they're also giving messages of hope that it doesn't have to stay the way the world is right then, the way the world is now, right, church? We can see similarities between that world and this world we live in today. And the shepherds bring this. They seek Christ. They go to Bethlehem and they see the one wrapped in bands of cloth. The Savior, the Messiah, just as it has been promised to them. You know, I think... Some of the things that we struggle with in our society today is that we get happiness and joy confused. Happiness has to deal with outside things, circumstances around us. We seek to be happy through things that we're doing or encountering, but joy is something deeper. Joy is within us and does not come from us, but comes from from one greater than us. I have um, been given a book over the last couple months. Uh, this is a book, The Book of Joy, and it is a, it's a recorded conversation between the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. It's a wonderful book. And Pastor Deb, uh, after she heard the sermon at 8.30 and I referenced the book, she said, make sure you tell everybody it's a great audio book that they can listen to it along uh, while they drive. The, the people who record it are, are, are fantastic. But it's this conversation that these two faith leaders have, and they really talk about the essence of what joy is. And so much of what they talk about is this joy that permeates in serving others. But Archbishop Desmond Tutu um, talks about the essence of joy, understanding what true joy is and he says it's it is wonderful to describe that what we want is not actually happiness i would speak of joy he says joy subsumes happiness joy is the far greater thing because it comes from within us given by god when our focus is on seeking him he he talks a little bit about how we can experience this joy in deep pain. He gave the example of a, of a woman who gives birth to a child and the pain is so great and when the child is rested in her arms, the pain fades away and the joy is all that she feels. Gives the example of a parent up all night with a sick child, worrying and tending and then in the morning, as the fever breaks or there's some recovery, the joy fills their heart. See, joy comes from serving others 
And I think that's why we see this joy in the shepherds. You see, the shepherds are out in these fields where the caves are, but they're a community. They're the lowest of the low. They have no power. They have no influence. They're seen as the stinky ones, with good reason probably. But they served one another. They helped each other along the way. Some of them took the night shift and let the others sleep. They lived in this community. And so joy is easily found by the shepherds. It's easily found because they knew where their joy came from and that Christ was coming into the world to serve others. In the Gospel of Matthew, we're told of another person. We're told of King Herod who lived alone because he'd killed off most of his relatives. He lived in fear. He was the most powerful during his time. But fear controlled him. And instead of seeking Christ and finding joy, he sought Christ to kill it, kill him, to kill the joy that was being offered to him. You see, community is important. Serving others is important because we can understand the real meaning of the joy that's offered to us in Christ. Because even in the darkness of fear, these stories say, the light of joy still shines for those who do what? Seek Christ. So where's your focus as you head into these last few days leading into Christmas? Do you let the fear of getting everything done, the fear of this world around us and the news take over, or do you shift your focus on what really matters? Being with each other, being with your family, doesn't matter if the gifts are perfect, right? Sharing love, sharing meals, sharing the stories. See, if we let fear take over, it'll steal all the things that Christ brings us. It'll, it'll steal the, the hope and the love and the joy and the peace that Christ offers us. Fear may whisper, it's hopeless, nothing can change, but the Holy Spirit whispers, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Fear may whisper, Conflict here to stay and we'll never be unified or, or have unity. But the Holy Spirit whispers, nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation, church will be able to separate us from the love of God found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Fear whispers, the world's broken. The world's sad. 
Joy's just an illusion. But the Holy Spirit whispers something else. The Holy Spirit whispers, if you keep my commands, you abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and my joy may be complete. Love one another as I have loved you. So my prayer for you in these last few days is that you'll keep your focus, that you'll lean into the whispers of the Holy Spirit, and that you will seek Christ. And just like that woman getting into that river water in the Jordan River, nothing's going to stop you. Nothing, nothing's going to stop you. That you might experience Christ and experience everything Christ comes to bring. Amen? Amen. I want to close with this prayer. And I'm getting you out early. Let it be known. (laughs) Um, I want to close with this prayer. This is a prayer that is written. Yeah, I am getting out you out early. Um, I had to, I had to, Think about that for a moment, because I do 8, 30, 9, 30, 10, 45, and sometimes I get confused. Okay. Um, this is a prayer that is written by Craig Finistad, and the book is Prayers from the Water's Edge. And so I just want to offer you this prayer. We pray with me. Dear God, help me seek you in all circumstances, during days of health and happiness, during nights of uncertainty and pain. Keep drawing me closer to you, being grateful for your blessedness, being hopeful for healing. During times of trials and trouble, let me fully embrace your grace. Let me more fully experience your love. In all times, because of your goodness, bless me with your gift of joy. Let me live out that joy each day. When my life seems boring, fill me with joy. When my life is full of fear, fill me with joy. When I am sad, fill me with joy. When I am overwhelmed, fill me with joy. May my joy not depend on others but you, God. May my joy not depend on me, but on you, God. May I be as faithful in asking for joy as you are in giving joy. And may I accept and share your gift of joy that is found in Christ our Lord. Amen.